Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, episode 96, for the love of the game, let's work. We the best music. Another one. DJ Khaled. You stick out of the crowd, baby, it's a no-brainer. It ain't the hard it shoes. Him and me be for real, baby, it's a no-brainer. You got your mind on loose. Go hard and watch the sun rise. One night it change your whole life. Pop top, drop top, baby, it's a no-brainer. Put them up if you with me, yeah, yeah, yeah. What it do? Episode 96 for the love of the game. It's your boy ATH back at it as we have NBA preseason basketball to talk about. NFL regular season is on its last leg gearing up to the playoffs. And yeah, for those who reached out to me saying that I jinxed the New York Giants this past Sunday after their pitiful performance against Arizona, where I was super confident that they were going to win. I apologize. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yeah, there's a lot to talk about. But with that said, tonight's episode is going to be a little different. And for those who have been listening to me from the jump, and again, I thank you all and continue to spread the good word of ATH. I've done this topic before. People love it. It's time to revisit it. But before I bring on a lovely recurring guest to revisit that topic, what do you know? I have some rants to get off my chest. I know You all love a classic ATH rant. And I got numerous messages about last week's episode, specifically the James Harden rant. I have to admit, it was a stellar performance by your boy. And how many people really enjoyed it. And while I can't guarantee an encore performance, because it was really, some would say, a masterpiece, I'll do my best to to live up to that, uh, that standard. So let's start with James Harden again. So a huge piece came out on ESPN. Tim McMahon wrote it and basically talks about how Harden was catered to by the Houston Rockets and how Harden basically held them and the entire organization by the balls. It details how he routinely was late to video sessions, something that drove Russell Westbrook absolutely crazy last year, leading for Russell Westbrook to demand the trade, how he would be uh, late to team flights and team flights would be around James Harden's schedule. Harden, also known for his champagneing and campaigning, as Jane Loden Rose would say, uh, somebody who loves the nightlife, would cause the team, if they had an extra day off, to stay in cities that he liked, such as L.A., Phoenix, so he can either party there or hop on a private jet to Las Vegas for the night and party it up. Oh, yeah, and he showed up super fat to his first preseason game, about 20 pounds overweight. I mean, the picture from that first preseason game is absolutely appalling. So yeah, I was right. But listen to this clip where James Harden answers questions about his antics to the media. Do you still want the Rockets to trade you? And if so, why? Uh, right now, I'm just focused on being here. Um, you know, today was, was, was good. Yesterday felt really good being out there uh, you know, the first time in, you know, since the bubble. 
Uh, I haven't really had an opportunity to do a lot of five on five work, but for my first time being out there, um, I think I, I felt pretty good. So there's been so much change with this team. You you've you've been with this team for eight years. How how would you describe the last few months and just your overall perspective on, on where this this basketball team is at right now? Uh, there's a lot of uh, changes. You know, obviously the entire coaching staff. Uh, you know, some of the front office, uh, a lot of the players. Um, you know, this is where we are. You know, so um, you know, coaches has done an unbelievable job of, of just you know communicating with the guys and um, just you know putting the structure in and and, and getting things going. Tim McMahon. James, what was the point that you were trying to get across when you went to Atlanta and Vegas when training camp was starting? I was just training. What were you training for? Uh, it started the NBA season. How did going to Atlanta and Vegas help you there when the Rockets were starting training camp in Houston? Uh, just you know, my personal trainers. Laughable. Just laughable. This guy is such a team cancer. He's somebody who I would never want to be on my basketball team if I cared about winning. I have never been more right about an athlete and who they really are than I am about James Harden. But we touched on that a lot last week. So let's move on along from one asshole to the next. The yin to James Harden's yang when it comes to being an asshole. Uh, what do you know? It's Kyrie Irving. It's almost like Kyrie is trying to match James Harden step for step in this regard. So Kyrie has a history of feeling, quote unquote, betrayed by the media. So he goes and declines his mandatory press obligations with the Brooklyn Nets after a practice and takes a 25K fine. Whatever. It's not my money. Do whatever you want to do, Kyrie. But then he goes on Instagram and calls the media sheep and that he's essentially too good and too smart for the media. Here is the exact post and on Instagram, and I read it verbatim. I've had enough of someone else's propaganda. I'm for truth, no matter who tells it. I'm for justice, no matter who's, who it's for or against. I am a human being first and foremost, and such, I am for whoever and whatever benefits humanity as a whole, quoting Malcolm X. I pray we use, utilize the fine money for the marginalized communities in need, especially seeing where our world is presently. I am here for peace, love, and greatness. So stop distracting me and my team and appreciate the art. We move different over here. I do not talk to pawns. My attention is worth more. Ah, Kyrie Irving. And this is the guy who believed the world was flat. Yeah, he's here for truth. He's here for truth. He just said it. What an asshole. And by the way, the media interest in the NBA is one reason that the NBA is the cash cow that it is, which pays his exorbitant salary. I mean, just acting like a dickhead as usual. I can't wait to bet the under on the Nets this year because he's going to sink them. He's just a cancer to a team, just like James Harden. And this is the part where I say something nice about LeBron James, another jackass, I'll bet a different breed than Kyrie and Harden. The fact that LeBron won a title with Kyrie and didn't let the Kyrie tumor affect him and sink him is honestly, it might be the most impressive thing of his career. So yeah, Kyrie Irving, still an asshole, always an asshole. And now for the next guy, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski, who uh, came off looking like a jackass the last couple of days. So uh, a little backstory. So Duke, as I mentioned in podcast with uh, recurring guest Jordan Marks, didn't get the super freshman 
class this year that uh, Duke has normally gotten the last couple of years. But yeah, they still open the season top 10 in the country. Then they lose two games. And after losing the game to Illinois, who, by the way, is a really good team, Coach K says this. I don't think it feels right to anybody. I mean, everyone is is concerned. You know, uh, we made an assessment or I'm not sure who leads college basketball, you know. Uh, it's done by committee, you have oversight committee, you have this committee and uh, anything that's led by committee uh, is not agile in, in handling a situation. And uh, so we made an assessment that, and there was a consensus. It, it wasn't like well-planned that we're gonna start November 25th. And uh, that was made without knowing if there's gonna be where the vaccine was how many cases, you know, and basically it was more of a mentality of get as many games in as possible. And I would just like for, just for the safety, the mental health and the physical health of our players and staff for their, like to assess where we're at, you know, in our, our country today, there's, you have 2000 deaths a day, you know, you have, 200,000 cases, a million and a half last week. You have people saying that the next six weeks are going to be the worst. To me, it's already pretty bad. And he goes on and on. I call major bullshit on this one. This is classic disingenuous Coach K. Classic. Because he said on the record earlier this year that losing Another NCAA tournament this year would be terrible for the sport. And this season needs to happen. But, hey, he loses two non-conference games, and now it just doesn't feel right to play. Think about the kids, not taking into account how sheltered these kids are in terms of structure that would actually limit them in their COVID exposure, or that they're filling their dreams by playing major college basketball. But, yeah, think about the kids' mental health. Sure, the travel restrictions make this season tougher. Kids have a harder time seeing their families. I, I, I get all that. I'm sympathetic to that. But give me a break. Coach K's smugness is at an all-time high here. And anybody with a functioning brain should be able to see through this BS. Laughable. Just what an absolute hypocrite. But hey, nice win at Notre Dame this week. I wonder if he still thinks it felt weird after getting a nice win on the road. Yuck. Okay. That's a lot of rants, but it's my job to call people out for hypocrisy and when they're being assholes. And I take that job exceedingly seriously. I'm not necessarily the hero we need, but I'm definitely the hero the media deserves. And I'm a keeper of sanity and truth. So I will pat myself on the back and continue to do so when I highlight this stupidity. But let's switch the vibe up. No more rants. Totally new vibe. Let's do something I haven't done in a while. Let's analyze some reality TV. ATH is about to talk about The Bachelorette. Yup, it's happening again. Lots to talk about this season. So let's bring on a special recurring guest to talk all about it. Leave no stones unturned. Now the fact that we have fantasy sweet dates coming up. Let's get into it in just a moment. Okay, so I haven't done this in a while. Uh, as you all know, sports isn't the only game in town. There is the game of love. 
And our favorite show regarding the game of love is the Bachelor Bachelorette series. So hometowns, quote unquote, hometowns just happened. We have a very interesting season this uh, season. So I had to bring on recurring guest, uh, my Bachelor Bachelorette um, expert, Miss Lizzie Verstendig. Lizzie, what's cracking? Hello, I'm so happy to be here. It's been way too long. I've been itching to do this. It's been a while. I mean, we're a little off schedule here considering uh, Bachelor, uh, you know, I should say the Bachelorette season, given the whole pandemic, has not gone on without a hitch. So, but here we are. We just had hometown. So it's like, all right, you know, enough time has passed. There's a lot to discuss, a lot to discuss. So first of all, first off, I should say, what are your thoughts of this season as a whole? Because I kind of hate this season. I don't hate it as much as I've hated other seasons, but I hate this season. But your thoughts? So I kind of see this season as two parts, and I thankfully almost forgot about the part with Claire. So I kind of almost just forgot that that whole thing happened. I mean, we can dive into that, but I actually happen to really like the group of guys that they have this time. And I guess in that sense, I can credit that to Claire because I think they did get some older guys, everyone seems to have a real career and profession. Everyone seems somewhat articulate and intelligent. And it's just nice to see people who are not just social media influencers, no offense, that are on the show. Yeah, no, I I think the guys really as a whole are, are quality. Like they, they really are. And, and if you look at the, the four from hometowns, well, we'll get to Ben in a second, but when you look at the four from hometowns, they're generally good dudes. I mean, even there were some guys that she sent home before hometowns that were generally good dudes. I mean, there wasn't like that, that one real hardcore lightning rod this season that, for example, what, what was his name? Um, Yosef? Well, yeah, he was a jerk, but he was, he was around for so short um, that he's not really it. Like Luke, that one season, right? Yeah, like there's no Luke uh, this season. I, I I personally think Bennett is close to that. We'll we'll get to and again hold that thought. But it, it's a good group of dudes. But it's just like it's just bland. I I don't know why do I think this this season is so well. Bland? Well, I think that's not any of the guys' fault or Tisha's fault. I think that's just the nature of COVID. Like a big part of the show was traveling, going to different places, doing crazy dates, and here. They're stuck in this like into like how much can they really do on this one resort where they can't really bring that many people in, they can't take them out. So I think just by nature of their circumstances, they're really limited. And I think we don't realize how much a part the traveling really is of the excitement of the show. Right. But but yeah, that that's definitely true. But even the even take that out of it. Part of the, what made the show, you know, a little spicy was the interpersonal relationships. Like, yeah, they go on cool dates. They do all this cool stuff. Right. But it's just, it seems like the spice, the interpersonal spice is not there. Well, I think that's because the guys are, again, it comes back to the fact that they're all good guys. And I think they all have a mutual respect for each other. So no one really like care. Everyone like loves each other and they really have a good time with each other. And I don't think they 
care about like causing drama and whatever drama they cause is very obviously manufactured. So I think that's also the difference. Like most people on it are not on it for social media clout. Like they actually seem like they really were looking for love. So let's talk about the uh, the the orchestration because even that though there is, you know, it's lacking that pizzazz. There seems to be that this season, even more so than other seasons, is exceedingly orchestrated. Do you get that vibe also? That just like even like who she picks, who Tasha picks, and and how she sends guys home in the in the um, in the order in which she does it seems a little orchestrated more so than usual I don't think that seems more so than usual honestly I think it's always orchestrated by producers as to whether she actually chooses those people last or that's how they air it or edit it whatever the case may be I mean I think and again I'm sure we'll get into it but I think the whole Noah Bennett situation was that seemed very orchestrated by production because neither of them seemed to like really care about it and I mean what Noah said no one else heard that going on. So I don't even know where that came from. So to me, it makes me feel like a producer was just like whispering in his ear, like go say this to Tasha and like stir your shit up. I actually think there's genuine dislike between the two of them. We'll, 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 we'll talk about, it. but we, we need, you know what? We're doing this season a disservice because we got to start from the top. Obviously for those who may have missed the first half, Tasha wasn't the original bachelorette. It was Claire Crawley, uh, 39 years old, the oldest bachelorette coming in. Um, and then, you know, she met this guy, Dale, and apparently she knew right off the bat that uh, Dale was the one for her. Um, first of all, can we call bullshit on the fact that they had no contact before the show? So I actually do believe her, and I'll tell you why. Because she is that batshit crazy that she would be the type of girl, woman, excuse me, that she knew who all the guys were before. They let everyone knew the cast. She stalked their social medias. She Googled the shit out of them. And she's the type that would fall in love with someone before she even met them. And then the second she saw him, like, let's be real, he's extremely attractive. She was like, oh, he's everything I thought he was and more. And she was in love with him before she even got there. But he's eight years her junior. That's the least of the issues. The part that I don't get is I don't get what he has like in this race, other than I guess some type of fame that he wants to get from it. But um, I'm going to use Bennett's wise words that he said, and there's a 0% chance that they will be staying together. Okay. So, yes, uh, because I agree now, uh, I believe that Dale was an, an ex-professional uh, athlete. I think he played football, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, like, professional style, but yeah. Like, he, I don't he, know he, how he, far he was, he, he, was, he was a nobody. Yeah. If you, first of all, what's their status now, considering you just dropped the Bennett line? What's their status yeah. now? They claim to still be together. They post lots of Insta stories of them together. But I mean, first of all, it's, it's still COVID and they're still somewhat quarantined. Like how much more is he like gallivanting around with other people? So I heard that he was dating around in New York while they were together. So people said that, but then he came out that it was like his real estate agent that he was out with. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think he'd be dumb enough to go on dates in a public place in New York city 
I, I really, I give him more credit than that, but I don't think he, this is, he really thinks this is going to go anywhere. I think he's like, I'll ride this out until like our 15 minutes of fame are up and then we'll break up and then we'll get another 15 minutes of fame for being broken up. And then he'll go on bachelor in paradise or like just be an eligible bachelor that everyone wants to be. If he knew that Tasha was in the mix, how fast would he have dropped out to put himself with uh, Claire? How fast would he have ended that to put himself back in the Tasha mix? Ooh, that's a really good question. I mean, honestly, I just don't feel like he was given a choice at all. Like, all of a sudden, she just decided, game over, he's with me. And then Chris Harrison was like, well, your only option is to, to propose. And he was kind of like, okay he was like a deer in headlights and then when they had the after when they spoke with him after and she was like babies 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 and he was like okay calm down like yeah so I think he's just like kind of was just going with the flow and now he's realizing that his decision was probably not the best I, I he can't run away fast enough he can't run away fast enough. You can't be with a woman and propose to her after that she said that she met her husband within the first 20 seconds of seeing somebody. And plus, they only, like, dated for, like, three weeks. Not even three That's weeks. insanity. Yeah, which is why I think, I mean, I think, A, I don't think he, like, wants to embarrass her. I do think he's probably, like, a nice guy, and I think he cares for her. Well, kudos and to I him think, for having that respect. And I think also, like, what's it to him? Like, why does he care to be engaged to her a couple more months? Like he knows it's never going to go anywhere. And like, eventually, you know, they'll say it faded or he'll break up with her and it'll be done. So the problem with that is like this sets back. And I don't want to use hyperbole here, but this sets back womanhood. So many steps because like, he's clearly not there. She's nuts. And she's like, has this ideal of what it's going to look like. And it's just not, and it's just like, like women read, and guys are guilty of this too, but to a lesser degree, but like have a little sense of what the room is, you know, like have a little bit of, of awareness. But in her defense, like he followed through with everything. Well, then that's, then that's the, if he's being told in his ear, then that's really the fault of the producers who are exploiting Claire given where she is in life. Oh, of course. But I think, I mean, who's to say, honestly, I mean, I, I'd like to imagine that if someone proposes to someone that they have some type of feelings for them. Otherwise he's really just like a sociopath, which I don't think he is, but I'm sure there was something there and everyone says like, especially there where you're in one place and you're not going anywhere. You have no distractions. Even if it was 12 days, they had together, everything's so intense it's that you, intense you may have, yeah, you have this, you may have a false sense of right. feeling. So he might've felt in that moment, like, Oh my God, like, yeah, I mean, I do feel this way for her. And if she feels this way for me, like this, you know, this is all meant to be, you know, X, like X, Y, and Z. And like, you get caught up. And at this point he's like, well, fuck like I'm screwed but he's like at this point I have nothing to lose there's nothing else going on in the world anyway we'll ride it out and like eventually we'll break up all right that that's that's fair because you know I'm sure you and I have been in relationships that have moved fast like that got like went from like zero to 60 like faster than we thought I mean multiply that by 20,000 and this that's what this is because it's a fishbowl but all right enough with Claire she was boring she was annoying 
Uh, she's maybe the craziest girl on the planet. Um, so now it's on to Tasha. So first, before we, we get into Tasha, right? Do you think it was fair to Tasha to be thrown in the way she was thrown in? Oh, I don't think there's a problem with the way she came in. The thing I have a little bit of an issue with is that it, I mean, it is all those people were there assuming it was Claire and they were handpicked for Claire. Even the four people that they brought on for her were actually picked for Claire and they had them like, you know, in their arsenal. Wait, so hold on. Whoa, whoa. In that sense, no, I don't wait, think it's so no. fair, although it seems to. Wait, hold on one second. Noah, the 25-year-old, was mm -hmm. picked for Claire and he was just a, an extra? Yeah, remember? It, right. Yes, remember, in the very, very beginning, when they first announced Claire's guys, they had really young guys, like people in their early 20s. And everyone, like, was going crazy. They're like, why are you putting, like, a 22-year-old on when she's 39? So they ended up recasting a lot of the, the cast. And probably Noah was someone who was in the original cast. And then when they saw it was Tasha and she was younger, they brought him on. Mm -hmm. So I think like there's two ends of it. So one is like you have someone like Jason who like really, well, first of all, they Claire ruined him, but he like really started to have feelings for her. And then all of a sudden you throw a new girl in and it's like, that's not fair to her. Cause like, how is he supposed to feel right now? So that's one end. I thought that was super refreshing, by the way, when he just was like, I can't do this. That was like actually yeah, like a humane like, moment. Yeah. And he was like very respectful about it. She was like, she, and what she said was perfect also. She was like, you know, I'm disappointed because he seems like a great guy, but like it is what it is. And it's better that he did that than stay on. Right. Um, like Blake. But the, we'll, the, get, yeah. we'll get to but him think, in a second. But I think the irony is that these guys, he's, so much more well suited for Tasha than they do for Claire. I mean, first of all, the second Claire walked in the room, every single guy's jaw dropped to the floor, and every guy was saying like, "Oh my god, like I feel so much more compatible to you. You're so much more my speed." Like every single person. Well, there was that scene early on. I mean, ma magnify what you just said by a thousand. That scene where they're playing um, water basketball, and she comes out of the pool. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure these guys <laughs> were probably like, because first of all, she looks fantastic. Uh, these guys haven't gotten any in who knows how long COVID. They see that like, I can't even imagine the blood rushing to their, uh, to their lower region, what that was like. I mean, I, it was probably, it's probably been exceedingly painful for them. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, she also like, she happens to be like one of the most beautiful people. She's, and, and she's really likable, which is why I, I don't understand why this season is so blah. And I, there's another theory that I have at the end that we're going to talk about, but let's, let's, so we spoke about the guys a little bit, but we got to talk about Bennett, right? I have very strong feelings on Bennett. You and I, We've exchanged text messages about this. And I get a text from you that I'm going to quote. Allow me to do that, please. And it says, quote, sure. Bennett is everything. Okay? That's the mm -hmm. quote. Yep. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Exactly. So please, enlighten me what that means. And, and that will give me your true thoughts on Bennett. 
Okay, first of all, I will die on the hill of Bennett Stanhood. Like, no one can convince me otherwise. I just need to say that first. Okay. Okay. Wait, but first hold on. All, so, so in the, what respect, the though? that you probably hate. <laughs> what was that? Okay. Repeat that? I'm going to get there. So I think the things that people don't like about him. Oh, sorry. I think that the things that people don't like about him to me seem so like they seem like a caricature of who he is. Like he's clearly playing a character. He knows what's going on. He's not dumb. Obviously we know he's intelligent. I think like you also notice that besides his little situation with Noah, the guys really like him and he's friends with all of them. So he was really most of them, most of them. So if he was really that terrible, like other guys in other seasons, Luke, whoever it may be, everyone else hated them. Here, he gets along with the guys a lot. And although, yes, was he taking it overboard with the Noah stuff? Correct, he was. But A, Noah was also feeding into it. And like, he was acting like a baby. So like, I see where Noah's, I mean, where Bennett's coming from. Not that I agree with what he was doing, but like, he was just egging him on and like, listen, it's probably really boring there, like we just said. And like, you need to entertain yourself. And like, he's 25 and then it's 36. Like, he probably did feel like he was a little kid in the house. Those are fair points. But why do I love him is what you want to know? Well, that, and then <laughs> I have my response. Okay. So why so do you I, love him so much? So I think he's very intelligent. I think he's very witty and sharp. Besides the fact that he's very handsome, very classy. I mean, he's, I, I, think, I appreciate the fact that he's kind of awkward and a nerd. I think that gives him, like, that makes him not as self-absorbed as he would be if he was cooler. Okay, so here are my responses. Okay. And, you know, and a lot of what, I, I think he played up the character a little bit, but... I also believe that guys like that are that way in any setting. How, how much they turn it on and off is like a matter of degree. But I think a, a guy like that is just, he's just a jerk. He's just naturally See, but I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you because I feel like someone like that, if he has a group of friends, if his group of friends are also like, witty and sarcastic and that's what he's used to and he's also used to people not being sensitive about that because those are the people he's surrounded with and then he comes here and I think when he initially said it I think he was joking like I don't think he really meant it like that but then when Noah went to Tasha and again said that thing that we have no idea where it came from where he said that the guy said that that Tasha was choosing him just like like for drama where again no one ever I mean it's possible they said that, but why wouldn't they show that if that's what actually happened? It's not the wittiness, though. I just think he's a naturally condescending guy who okay, he believes- may he may okay. So he's really smart, and he may like shit on people sometimes. Like, who doesn't do that? Listen, I somebody who has a decently sized ego, right, and who has. Been known to to crap on people, sometimes fairly, sometimes not fairly. There's a difference between, I guess, me and and him because, you know, you can't ignore the elitist stuff. And, and I do believe that, like, he definitely uses it to throw it in your face. 
right? My MO is just like, you know, I, I just, it's not the same if you get what I'm saying, right? I get what you're saying, but I also think like we have to understand, and I guess you can use this on both ends that like there are, we've only seen like a tiny little snippet of what happened. So for example, when they had that, um, that date where they were like the art date or with the naked people, I don't know, whatever. And um, Noah made that comment about how do you spell privilege? I'm sure that that's not the first comment that Noah has made to Bennett. And if you listen closely to everything Bennett says, which I do, he said, like, it's actually the exact opposite. Like, I didn't grow up at all privileged, like not even a little bit. And and that I think is also a thing that I think a lot of people could relate to that. Like, if you grew up with certain things, whether it be friends, family, whatever the case may be, and then later in life, you acquire those things in whatever means that you do, like, it is possible that maybe you kind of overcompensate for the fact that you know you didn't always have those things. And then it could be that I'm not saying he's perfect and I'm not saying that it can't come off condescending, which even like his friend said, like, yes, yeah, sometimes the way you say things can't come off that, but they know that he's a good person so they don't take it that way. Whereas Noah does seem like he was being a little bit of a baby. Like I do feel badly for him if he really did feel attacked in that sense. Um, and I think it was also compounded on the fact that everyone was like agreeing like ed was agreeing with bennett and everyone was kind of ganging up on him but i also think that i really think that bennett meant it in good fun i don't think he really liked i think noah probably didn't like bennett i don't think bennett really cared about noah to not like him so i actually thought that when bennett said that that i didn't grow up privileged that was the most i liked bennett all season because he was like like that i can understand and that i can respect right self-made guys I can respect, like I grew up more privileged than my dad. My dad's a self-made guy. It's the thing I respect most about my dad. Um, that was actually, that was very real, but where, he, where Bennett loses me, it, it was really in two, in two scenarios. One, the, the gift box and saying that like somebody doesn't have three or four stages of emotional intelligence. You I thought that was the over the top ridiculous. You think the producers didn't tell him to do that? Come on. I see. I actually think he thought that that was like the right thing to do in that. Scenario. I think they said to him, it's about to be a two on one. Why don't you show him? Blah, blah, blah. And he was like, Oh, that's a great idea. I do not think he came up with that idea. I don't. I really See, don't. I, I, we disagree on that. I think he came up with that idea. And the second one was the sheer lack of self-awareness in terms of like, Tasha sends him home. He comes back and has this exceedingly scripted sounding, like he was reading from a teleprompter in terms of what to say, in terms of professing his love to her, right? Well, I think, I think he is awkward. And I think when it comes to like emotional things, I think he sounds like a bit stilted whether or not that's just the way it comes off or I mean I don't know I mean I, I do obviously frequently watch his insta stories and he did mention that he has been in like three very long-term relationships like a three five and six year relationship obviously I don't know who the girls are so that doesn't mean anything but it's also like it's awkward to be on tv it's awkward you know you have to remember he's not sitting in front of Tasha. he's sitting in front of Tasha and 15 camera guys and 15 producers like it's, I mean, I feel like it's hard to not seem like very awkward in that sense. Hold on one second. Having done a stint of television, uh, um, oh, yeah. it can be awkward, but like 
you get used to the camera pretty fast, right? Yeah, but you never had to tell someone that you loved them on camera. No, of course not. But I also didn't sound like when I was, when I did that one episode of television. Yes, that's correct. Everyone check everybody it out. Didn't yeah. know, everybody check it out. Um, for those who don't know, new listeners, uh, <laughs> shout out to you guys. Uh, I, I just, it seemed like so over the top that he was reading from a script that he used, <clears throat> excuse me, from his past relationships. And I was just like, Dude, come on. Have a well, little bit of... Also, but like, remember how the last time he saw her, how everything went down. I think he felt stupid. I think he was surprised. And in that sense, I give you, like, I agree with you that he wasn't so self-aware that he thought he was going to get chosen on the two-on-one. But I think he was so shocking to him and he wasn't expecting it. And then, and I think, again, I think we all have, I think it's like a very human feeling to like be caught off guard in the moment and then go home and be like, shoot, like, I wish I would have said X, Y, and Z. I wish I could get the chance to go back and say that. And I think that's what happened. And I think he just, he probably was overcompensating to a certain degree because he was like, I didn't get to say anything. So now I want to say everything because I want her to keep me around because I do feel strong feelings. Like, did he feel stronger feelings as he said? I don't know, but I think he thought that there was real potential there. So he was, it was like his Hail Mary. What, before, so yeah, I, it just, to me, it's, it sounded so incredibly scripted that it, there was no emotion behind it, that it was BS. But let me ask you this. What do we think about these, these Hail Marys of guys coming back? What do we think I, of this? It, like, here's the thing. And I have to, I guess I can't fault any guy that's been on the show that's never watched the show before. But if you've ever watched the show, it never works. Ever. No Hail Mary never works. has ever won. Just like no one who ever tells the Bachelor Bachelorette about the drama ever wins. Like, it's all the same. So, like, in the end of the day, there was a reason she didn't choose you. Which so, brings me to, right, exactly. Which brings me to the last part of the self-awareness. At the second rose ceremony, when he's brought back, and how he's talking about how super confident that it's going to be different this time. Like what gives well, you should Because she could have easily said to him when he came, I'm really sorry, but no, but the fact I actually thought it was like worse. The fact that she was like, come to the rose ceremony. He didn't even spend time with her. And then she's just like, bye. So like, I would, I mean, I think if I were his position, I also would think that I'd be like, she didn't know my feelings. I now came back. I told her how I was feeling. She didn't send me home. She kept me. So that means that she sees potential. So your team Bennett in the Noah Bennett thing. I'm going to defend Noah in it for a Go little for bit. It. Go for it. Especially, first of all, we can't take anything Ed says seriously, right? Because Ed's oh, been, no. He's first not of all, a real person. biggest loser of all time. All right. The biggest. His whole beef with Noah was the fact that he pussied out on the uh, – Pardon my French. He pussied out on the date, on the wrestling date because of his shoulders because he was going to get his ass kicked by that other guy who was also a complete lunatic. Oh, Chase, yeah. Chase, yeah. Whoa, whoa. I don't know what his deal was, but like he was gone fast. But Noah jumps in and was just like, I'll do it. Let's let, let's dance. I thought that was awesome. And his Yeah, Noah's thing- not wrong there. I don't think he was wrong in that moment at all. And also remember like, Chris but that's what got the Noah. Anyone want to come in? Right, but that was the origin of the Noah hate. It's because he just jumped in and then was able to join 
you know, the group date and the cocktail party and all that kind of stuff. Like he manned up. Everybody is loves the guy who mans up. But that wasn't what Bennett was upset about. Bennett was upset about the fact that he went to Tasha and told him that the guys were saying that she was keeping Noah around for drama. I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I thought the boxing thing, was, the box gift was so ridiculous. The emotional intelligence thing was, uh, was ridiculous. And I thought that wasn't orchestrated. And that's why, like, Noah's just, you know, getting you know trying to trying to make a name for himself you got to stand out in these things so i thought that like the hate yeah that i mean the thing was, that like the thing that, yeah the thing that i thought was just like dumb is like what's even it was so obvious that neither of them are making it even to the top four that like why are you even wasting our time on this argument is kind of how i felt about it well i think from what you said earlier because the guys are normal that there's not much pizzazz that this was the i guess manufactured pizzazz but i do which is which is why even more so i think that they were probably production was involved in the present all that because they wanted to make it seem as dramatic as possible even when i don't even think the drama was that crazy i think they just wanted to kind of hype everything up so all right so moving on from bennett um i mean i'll never move on from bennett please dm me i'm down all right Uh, you have as good a shot as i do with christina shulman uh, I actually think I have a better job, but it's fine. You, you're probably right about <laughs> that. Um, so the other guys, right? So, we, you know, we talk about them a little bit. Uh, we've mentioned a bunch of them. Uh, we, you and I both know that we look at these prospects not as necessarily suitors for Tasha, but for Bachelor in Paradise prospects. Mm-hmm. Who are we high on for Bachelor in Paradise out of these group of guys? So I think Ed is a shoo-in. I know you don't like him, but he's so Bachelor in Paradise. But is he a good Bachelor in Paradise prospect? Because you can think of this one of two ways. No, I think he's going to be the guy that likes a lot of girls, but everyone friends with him. Well, because he's the most boring human being of all time. So you can either say that he's a great prospect because of the unintentional comedy, or... That he's a terrible prospect because he has no chance of mixing it up with anyone. I actually think it's a combination of both because I do like his commentary and I do think he has like witty things that he says, but I don't think he has any chance of finding someone. The funny, I mean, I will say that when he knocked on Chris Harrison's door, thinking it was Tasha's door, was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. That and was he was so by excited. far the funniest part of the of the uh, the show so far. I mean, he was way more excited to sit with Chris Harrison than he was with Tasha. <laughs> that that was pretty ridiculous. And Chris was like, "This is my room." Uh, <laughs> that was really funny. Okay, so who else? So we got Ed. Okay. So a person that I think would be amazing. But there's a lot of controversy surrounding him now, so I don't think he'll be able to go on. It's going to be easy. What's the controversy? I haven't heard. Enlighten us. Oh, there was a sexual assault allegation. That's why he wasn't mental all. Well, that's not great. Yeah. So, you know, obviously they don't mess with that kind of stuff. So unless somehow it's, like, totally, like, redacted, like, I can't imagine that they'll bring him on. I was thinking him too, but that's good to know. So I won't bring him up. Yeah. Um, I think Blake is uh, for sure. He's not, it's not even a question. He's like obsessed with sex. So like everyone's just naked. I'm sure he's going to love it. We need to explore this Blake thing a little Mm -hmm. bit more. I think Noah will be on it. I think he'll be great. 
Noah was my top draft choice. Yeah, for sure. Because he's just, he has a natural, like, a youthful exuberance. And he's funny. Yeah. He's a good-looking dude. And, like, yeah. I feel like he's going to be, like, the pick in terms of, in terms no, of I agree. In there. Also, I, I need to give clean Noah- up. I need to give Noah a shout out because I feel like I was taking a lot of time talking about Bennett, but Noah's a nurse. So I have to give him a shout out that he's my homie and he's doing great work. He's working in the COVID ICUs right now. So thank shout you. Shout out all to Noah. Doing. Good for shout you, man. Hope you get the vaccine and you get on Bachelor in Paradise and you, and you mix it up. Good for you, man. Doing exactly. God's work. Um, my last pick, and I think he's actually going to do really well, is Jamar. Okay, I like I like that. Yeah. You're going to laugh. Okay. But I think Bennett would be great on Paradise. He said he won't go on it. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not for did him. He say, did he say why? I, he said, and I really respect him, he said, I'm honestly really looking for love, and, like, I just don't think it's, like, as serious. Which he's right. He's a hundred percent right, but I think he would be great in this setting. I mean, first of all, I will watch him on anything, so I would also love for him to be on it. But um, yeah, I don't think he's going to go on it. I just think when you're not competing over the same girl, and I know I've I've crapped on Bennett as being one of the least self-aware people of all time, but I will say this: when you're not fighting over the same girl, the wit. It just sounds better. It, it, it plays better, and I, I actually think he would have been great. Um, Riley. I think Riley would be great. Oh, no. Riley's too good for Paradise. But he's like the... Riley should be the Bachelor. But he's such a good dude that, like... Honestly, no. He'll, he'll fall he, in love there. He can, he's he gonna can come thrive back anywhere. New, he's coming back to New York, and he's found, finding a real girlfriend in real life. Like... That's my call on him. So, uh, all right. So now we got that out of the way because I, I, I think I think Riley's a really good dude. We got to talk about Blake. We mentioned it before. You said he'd be great on Paradise. I, I just can't think of anybody more awkward. Uh, I mean, he's really weird, like yeah. straight up weird. Give me your full scouting report because there's a lot to dive into here. Yeah, there's a lot. So first of all. I think that he should have left when Tasha came on because he was so all in on Claire. He was the only person that contacted her before. He read a book about dementia or Alzheimer's so that he could like relate to Claire. And then all of a sudden Tasha did and he's like, I'm all in on Tasha. I'm like, seriously? Like they gave crap to, who did they give crap to about the fact that he said the same? Oh, Chase. Chase said they gave crap to him about how he said the same adjectives to describe Claire as he did Tasha. I'm like, that's not as big of an issue as Blake literally going all in on one and one second later going all in on the other. And the fact that he made it that far, he was just under the radar. There's always that person that's under the radar that just makes it there. And she clearly had that one-on-one date with him to send him home. Like she had no connection with him. She didn't like him. That was the most, those also another way you always go home. If you get the tantric sex date, you're always going home. That was cringeworthy watching that exchange. he looked so miserable <laughs> she didn't want to be anywhere near him which is why considering Tasha had like that whole thing of just like sending dudes home like 
Why didn't she send him home earlier? Well, I think she probably thought he was like a good guy. He, all the guys said he's really funny. So like, she probably just like had a good time with him. And like, you know, she knows in her head, there are, you know, three or four guys that are going to make it far. And everyone else is like, she probably just like, he's fun to be around or the producers were like, keep him around. And she's like, okay, whatever, who cares? Well, we didn't see any of that sense of humor. They edited all that out because- What do you mean? Like he made the clay penis? Eh, eh, That wasn't funny. No, that wasn't funny. The joke didn't land because you come off as such a creep. Such a creep. Now, I respect him for doing the homework, you know, with with Claire. And if you want to put your best foot forward to be as educated, fine. I get that. But I didn't think he really liked Claire that much. And and maybe he's just like, it's just weeks of desperation where he's just like, I'm ready to jump he is. anywhere. Like, that. jump how high, you know? Like, he's that dude. We all know those guys. He's one of them. And... To be fair, all guys in even the most, you know, self-confident have done that before. We've, right, we've, we've been there, but for him, it just, it, it seems like he's always that guy. And yeah. that guy doesn't win. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about a really important paradise person who I think will clean up. Yes. And a very surprising turn of events for him, Spencer. Okay. Because it is statistically like proven that for the Bachelorette, almost always, I don't know the exact number, but for X amount in a row, their first impression Rose always wins or is in the top yes. two. And he got same, sent with home, ba- same with the Bachelor, by the way. But much more with the Bachelorette. Like most of them actually choose their first impression rose and he got sent home real early. Yeah, that's interesting. But going back b- before we get done with play, going back to uh Paradise. Yeah. And we'll talk about him in a second. Do we think Ben is a decent candidate for Paradise? I feel conflicted about it. I think on the surface, yes. But he would have to really redeem himself from his exit. All right. I'm happy you said that because we need to talk about Ben in a second, but yeah, let's just wrap up Blake. I, I, I was mortified watching, watching that one-on-one date. I, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine being so clueless of not being able to read somebody's body language like that, where he just had no idea. He thought it was going so, so well. And of course he sprang wood when she was hypnotizing (laughs) him because of course, I'm not even sure that guy's probably good at the act of fornication, not going to judge another guy's performance because, Hey, it's hard enough, but, Mm -hmm. but I just, Oh, he's just so cringy. I, I, I couldn't, I just, I just couldn't unsee it. It was like, ugh. It was not great. It was not great. Not great. So, all right. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, or I should say the top of the segment, we had the quote unquote hometowns. And I got to give them a little kudos here in terms of uh, recreating hometowns, like the date in New York, with the taxi. I thought that was really cool. I thought they were really creative. 
Uh, and I thought that was really cool. So we had, so who do you think did the best in the hometowns? How do you think the fellas did overall? Um, what were your, you know, takeaways from the guys at hometowns? I think at it as a general, I think normally there's also, again, a lot of drama in the hometowns. What is like the dad gives a hard time or the brothers don't like you or whatever. There's something dramatic. Like, again, they really weren't like, they all went really well. They all really liked her, which again, like, I feel like she's the type of person you can't not like. She has a very infectious, positive energy. All the guys like are really great. So it makes sense that their families are great. They're all close to their family. So everyone that came were people that really knew them. Um, again, I'll agree with you that I will give kudos. It did seem like production really um, stretched all their creative muscles. Like I feel like they went to like the arts and crafts room at La Quinta and just like went wild. Um, but like they made it work. Did they um, import New York bagels and New York pizza? No freaking way. So you mean they didn't pull, they didn't pull, pull the entourage DHL uh, stuff? No. No? Definitely not. Uh, I, I kind of hope that they did. You know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they did. Okay. Definitely not. Although I will say the whole uh, Tasha Blueberry on a bagel makes me kind of think she's a sociopath. Yeah, but... you can't do that. that. That was like, what is this? What I mean, she's from this? California. Like, I feel like she doesn't know better, but like, it was sacrilegious. Anyway. Well, if she wants to really move to New York and that was like in her, you know, yeah. plans, she needs to be educated real quick because these streets are unforgiving. I can't agree. have that. I agree. Um, okay. So, I mean, I think Brendan is the most precious man that ever existed on the earth. He is so sweet. The way that he was, when he got, he heard who in his family was coming. He was so cute. And then Ben was just like staring at him smiling. Cause like, again, they all just respect each other. When at the end they're like, let's all give each other hugs. Like it's so sweet. Like I think, although it's a competition, like none of these people are in it for the competition. Like they're in it because they want to find love and they really just like each other. Um, yeah. But you're competing over the same girl. Like I of find course. No, no, of course. But I think there are many seasons where it's, you can tell that some people are in it for the competition aspect. I don't think these guys are. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I think Brendan is just so precious. I thought his date was adorable with his niece. His brother was so cute. Like I thought their date was perfect. Um, they were wonderful. Um, Zach. Hold on, wait, before you getting off of, off of yeah, Brendan. Do we think Brendan's a little too nice? No. No, we don't think Brendan's no. a little too nice. No, I think he's just a little reserved compared to the other guys. My fear with him is that like the overly nice guy historically just get for, for better, or for worse, mostly for worse, just gets dumped on a lot. And I just don't, I, I hope he's not the personality that's just too nice where he just gets dumped on where he's like a doormat. So I have my theory, but I'm going to wait till the end to say my prediction because it's involved. Okay. All right. Anyway. Well, that's good. Okay. Good teaser. Yeah. Okay. Zach, um, I thought it was so cute. I thought his brother seemed like he was like trying to like be dramatic by being like, well, you didn't answer the question. If you think your uh, connection is stronger than it is with the other guys, like, what is she going to say to that? Like, that was stupid. It's a dumb question, but I like the fact that he called her out on not answering it. Like, oh, that's, totally. that's something I would that. do. Be like, well, you didn't answer the question. Just right. answer the question. But he let it go, which was fine. I thought his parents were so sweet. It was so cute when his dad said to, um, 
to Tasha, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Like that was so cute. Yeah, that was um, very polite. That was like yeah. over the top polite. And his mom was cute. His mom was so excited about Chris Harrison. Like I'd be the same. Like I love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought they just like they were so happy for him. And they said that like, and I liked that Zach had has the self awareness where he said like, you know, I'm normally like a very like serious, stern person, but like I feel so happy and like positive when I'm around you. And I thought that was like really nice and self-aware. Especially for a guy who's been through what he's right. Right. So I I thought he came off really, really well. Yeah, I agree. Like really well. I mean, he he was sweating a little too much, but like everybody seems to be. He is my sweating spirit animal. Okay. I would be dripping. They're in freaking Palm Springs, like a hundred and something degrees dry heat. I don't understand how Tasha looked the most dry like i don't get it i would literally i'd have to be in the pool at all times even in dry heat i mean it's not yes it doesn't matter a hundred and something degrees i mean i've been to vegas in the summertime so and i and i'm like a like a sweater yeah but it doesn't come out that like as fast especially like for me but if you're sitting in one spot in the heat now I feel for him. I get you, Zach. Okay, he was very sweaty, but yeah. So was Brandon when they were playing yeah. the um when they were playing whatever the uh, yeah the, 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 the ball with the, right. Same. and the front okay. of the shirt. He, he had that. he had the uh, the pec sweat, which I I can identify with. I I I, I can convince. I, but they were just very sweaty. But like yeah. So Zach, knowing that he's sweaty. You can't wear jeans in that scenario. Wearing jeans is I know, but you also but like you also wanna like look nice. So put on a nice pair of shorts, guy. Listen, I I can't wear jeans from May to October. It just doesn't happen, right? You can't I I also think they didn't really something. I also think that they didn't really know what to pack when they first were told to come because I don't think production really knew where everything was gonna go. I don't know. I'll give him the benefit of that on that one. Fine. All right, on to the next. Okay, Ivan. Also, sweet, sweet, sweet boy. There I like is Ivan. Zero I like times zero, like, physical attraction. Like, they are brother and sister. So you don't think she's attracted to him at I all? I don't think she's attracted to him. You don't see him. it. I think he's so sweet. He's so smart. He is just, like... This angel man, he was so cute with his family. I mean, his brother was the MVP of the episode. Okay, so I saw that on Twitter. Did you, re- do you think so? Like, really? I mean, first of all, I thought nice it was like redemption. It's a nice redemption story. First of all, it was a, be- it was a real beautiful moment. It seemed exceedingly yeah. genuine. Like, he had yeah. no idea, which is always yeah. nice. Yeah, uh, and they don't normally, like, they don't surprise people a lot on the back. Right, it just... I didn't think he was the MVP of the episode. I thought he was the MVP because, like, first of all, he had, like, all of these, like, randomly poetic, like, phrases. And I just yeah. loved them. I guess. It was, just, right. it was just really sweet. And I thought it was, like, funny. And he was, like, really cute when he was talking to Tasha, And, like, it was cute that Ivan was, like, yeah, he, like, reads people really well. And then he was saying such nice things. Like, it was just really, really sweet. I just think there's no chance at all that they will I, he's not even in the top two he'll I, the only reason yeah i mean i she'll probably keep him for she'll probably do an overnight with him just to like say she gave it her all but he's not gonna be top two he's going home next week 
If that's the case, I think he, like Riley, would He'll be do great, great on Paradise. On Paradise. Yeah, I agree. I actually think he'd do really well on Paradise. Both yeah. of them, because they're just good dudes that they'll that somebody will just like they'll be the six. They could be the success stories from Paradise. I think Riley's a little too intense for Paradise. Like I think he's a one woman man. Like I don't. I think it would be too much for him. Ivan, yeah, I think I can. I can see that. I can see that. But I could also see like, you know, any of these guys who's super intense like that when they're sort of being courted more when they have more choice, like it'd be different. I, I, I like both of those guys on paradise. Okay. So now Ben, right. There's a lot to talk about Ben. Ben, 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 Ben. So first let's just start off with the very beginning of Ben's story in this episode, where when he comes to Chris Harrison comes to tell them who's coming and he says, Oh, your sister and your friend, whatever. And he was like, I mean, I'm not going to cry. Cause I, I just don't know how to, do that like what does that mean that's weird especially someone who has gone through so many deeply emotional things in your life that seems very bizarre this this brings me to my my end point with ben that we're gonna get on touch on in a second so that was weird then the date was like fine, cute, whatever. Like his sister was really. It was fine. I did, yeah, I did think it was a little weird. Like there was so much emphasis throughout this entire season on his relationship with his sister. They didn't even show him talking to his sister. They only showed Tasha talking to his sister. Like I thought that was weird. That was just my personal like take on like an idiosyncrasy, but. But that just maybe like they were just running out of time. Yeah, but like I'd that's rather just a timing talk to his sister than that Antonia girl. Yeah, that, that was a little weird. That was a little weird. And first of all, like, family friend? I know we're limited in the number of people. Like, but like, what family friend is that close where it's like she comes and not mom? Well, let me tell you, I support Antonia coming because if and when any of my friends ever go on, I will be coming to hometown. So I will be that friend. So I support Antonia and their choice. All right, fine, okay. Chris Harrison, please bring me on whenever my friend's on there. Um, okay, here's here's my biggest thing. This is going to be controversial. I, I want to say it in a way, I want to preface by saying that in no way do I, like I think it was very, very brave that Ben shared everything that he went through. I think he is so strong, the fact that he got through all that, the fact that he can share it, the fact that he is where he is today. Amazing. I'm not belittling anything. Those are terrible, terrible things he went through. Yes. Something really, I just, I, I don't understand was when, spoiler alert, when she was saying goodbye to him and he said, um, I'll be all right. I'm always all right. Kind of seems like you're, it's the opposite and you've never been all right. So I feel like that's not you're not the person that I will believe that from. Like, to me, that was like, okay, like there's something really deep and dark inside and he's going to blow at some point. So I think that, and again, I preface it by like, guys been through hell and back. I I can't even imagine what that's like because I've never been wired that way. Having said that, 
I think if Bennett really wanted to talk about a lack of emotional intelligence, Ben is the epitome of a lack of emotional intelligence because, and, and it started not even in that scene because I actually got into it with a couple of people on Twitter. So Clay Harbor, yeah. ex NFL player who's uh, who's on the show. Um, I forget who was it Becca's season that he was on. Whose season was he? I think so. By the way, shout out to Clay. I think he's the most legitimate NFL player of all the NFL players that have ever been on. Yeah, he's had like a 10-year career. He's he's yeah. he's played for the Eagles, the Lions. Like he's been yeah. on real rosters. He's actually gotten in games. He's legit. Like I, yeah. I recognized the name before he was on the show. Like he's yeah. he's legit. Even so anyway, back to the point. The scene where Ben is on the bench with Tasha at the end of their day, and he mm-hmm. just can't say anything. I mean, he couldn't put, he couldn't string together. He can't say anything. And like, I, I get nerves. We've been there. I, 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 I understand. But like, say anything. The fact that you couldn't muster up the ability to say anything anything was just like like are you dead inside like i really thought there was just like i I was shocked i was shocked at how dead inside he was like you don't listen practically practically knowing somebody as little as you know them i know it's a fishbowl but practically especially for somebody who has their guard up that's been through some things you're not gonna jump in and say i love you like just willy-nilly right understandable and that was clay's tweet but to to not be able to say i enjoyed my day with you to not be able to say anything to that result i was just like this guy's a robot or 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 at worst like he may be a a sociopath we don't know really anything about his relationship history or past He's like the only person that we don't really know anything about. Like, yeah, he said to Antonia, like, oh, you know, I've never felt this way about someone. But it's not like he's ever really spoken. And it's interesting because I remember one of the episodes where, like, some of the big stuff was coming out about Ben. Um, Tasha was saying, like, I just feel like I don't know anything about him and I want him to share. And I was thinking, like, are you serious? I feel like I know the most about him. But then I realized that all those times he was saying, though, those were like in ITMs and behind the scenes. And like, it wasn't actually to her. So I don't know, like, maybe he just has a, like, who knows what his relationship has is like, maybe he's never had a serious relationship. And he doesn't know how to communicate. Like, just like that girl in 20 said, she was like, you have no problem saying it to us all the time. I love you. Like, why not? You know, what's the problem? Like, just say right. it. Right, but but it's even deeper. He couldn't even say, I had a great time with you. Like, he couldn't yeah. say anything. And she's just waiting for him to say something. And, wait, and then he walked into the rose ceremony, like, thinking she was going to choose him. And I'm like... Insane. Insane. How just, can you think that that went well? But maybe he just has... But he, remember, all the relationships are in a vacuum. Like, he has no idea what went on in all the other dates and how those guys express things to her. So, like in his own head, like in the vacuum of his own like thoughts, it's just his relationship. And he's not comparing it to anything else because he doesn't know. And like to him, he's like, well, we had a good time. And and she even said to him at one point, like, what are you thinking? Or how are you feeling? 
and he like didn't say anything. Like answer the question. Just give it an answer. And she walked away seemingly upset. Like when they said goodnight, she was like, he like hugged her and she was like kind of like not hugging him back and just like walked away. Like yeah, she no was shit. very like obvious. She's trying to pull person. something out of him, right? Yeah, but I was surprised. not willing to give anything. But I was surprised. But even if he gave a even if he gave a crumb, just a crumb, right. like it would have given him a chance. I was surprised that she didn't say anything at the end, like this is why I didn't choose you. Like she didn't say it. But I really did feel like the emotion of when he left and she was like, the fact that he couldn't even like fight for it at all makes me feel like, did he even care about me this whole time? Like, did everything I feel, was that just on my end? Like, and I really felt that from her. I was like, that's such like a real true emotion. But she did say like, not to him, but she was just like, you know, to the, you know, to the camera, she was like, I tried, I worked so hard to pull something out of him and he just wouldn't give me anything. I, if, listen, I, I know being guarded with your emotions and letting people in, letting the walls down, that's tough. It's really tough, especially if you've been through some stuff, but you couldn't even have a basic conversation. You couldn't answer a basic question that someone asked you that you're supposed to really like, right? right. She was prompting I, I, him and he still couldn't respond. And she remember said not to him, but she said to the camera that she was falling in love with him. She said that, or she actually said, I love him. So I think it was even more so such a disappointment for her. Like, you know, obviously this is everyone's fear in life, but especially it seems like everyone's fear that comes on The Bachelor. Like, you know, I'm the one choosing, but what happens if the person I choose in the end doesn't choose me? And that was like exactly the moment. She was like, why am I putting all this effort in when he can't even meet me halfway? Like I'm not doing it. And I was like, so... I so respected her in that. She didn't even like need to have a whole dramatic thing. She was just like, okay, bye. Like, done. Ben seems like he, like a legit sociopath. I I want to give him the benefit of doubt. I think he probably has just been- But then he's so- a robot. Or then he's a robot because- I just think he's, he's probably been stunted because- But he's been through so many terrible things that like, thank God we can't understand. Like, I can't even imagine what that does to your emotional like capacity. Like, honestly, like, you know, I know he said he loves therapy. Like maybe he just needs more of it or maybe he needs to hone in on his relationship. But I will say that I think it's very interesting and maybe it's just been so long since the Bachelor Bachelorette has been on that I forgot. So correct me if I'm wrong. But most of the guys, except Zach C and he only said falling, none of them this week or have said that they're in love with her. And by going to fantasy suites, at that point, everyone has said it except like the one person that like needs to say it. Uh, I mean, I've been watching the show a lot less, a lot less than you have in terms of number of seasons, but I, I would agree, especially guys who are just like, you know, trying to get it in fantasy suites. Like you have to drop the L-bomb. You have but to. I'm saying, like, I'm surprised that by hometown, usually at hometowns, is it's usually three of them say it. And then one of them is like, oh, I didn't say it, but I should have, you know? But no one really said it. No one said it. And it she didn't weird. even care, though. She didn't, she wasn't like, oh, I wish someone would have told me how they felt. Yeah, it was weird. So before we put the bed thing to rest, Ben, I'm sorry if I was harsh on you. But just like, guy, you got to be able to just do basic things in terms of interpersonal communication if you want something to work, all right? So I'm sorry, Ben, if I was harsh. 
Uh, you did mention something that that Tasha, you know, was putting in a lot of effort because she likes these guys. Is she really? Is she really head over heels for any of them, though? Yeah. Really, you think so? I well, can I say my prediction? Because okay, fine. So so let's let's get there. Okay. So uh-huh. how how do you think this plays out? What's the what's okay. your prediction? Next week, Fantasy Suites, Ivan goes home. Okay. It's Brendan and Zaxi. Zaxi wins, and Brendan becomes the absolute king of paradise. Interesting. He will kill it in paradise. Now, she it, definitely chooses Zaxi. I now, like, I'll put money on it. With Brendan, mm-hmm. is there a little <laughs> Dean potential there where it's like, Super sweet on the show. Then all of a sudden he gets a little bit of like choice, becomes a little bit of a D-bag. And then. Oh. I think it's like blasphemy. They even put them in the same category. Just, I was just putting it yeah. out there. No, just no, putting it out out there. There. no, I don't think he has that potential. I think what's going to happen with him on Paradise is a lot of girls are going to be into him. He'll go on dates with a lot of girls. He's going to find one relatively early on that he likes and couple up with her. And like, that's going to be done. Interesting. Okay, so you think Zach C is the winner? Yeah. What's your call? Uh, you know what? I I I actually, you know what? I agree with you. I think Zach C is going to win because, and this is my my theory on on this season. I think Tasha is a really nice person and likes to build people up, especially those who have had struggles before. I think she naturally gravitates towards that. Um, That's why she gravitated towards Ben. I was trying to pull stuff out of Ben. But I think that's what's driving, that's the driving force behind that relationship, behind the Zach C relationship, as opposed to her really liking them for them. And I'm not saying they're not good dudes. I just don't think she likes them for them. I think she likes this, like, I'm almost like swooping in to save you a little bit. And so I think- Yeah, but I mean, that works. Like some people that works for, and I think you're right in the sense of that's why I don't think Brendan and her, I don't think it would work in the end because I think Brendan's like too normal. Yeah, he went through a divorce, but he's like relatively unscathed otherwise. And I think you're right. I think she- like someone who's a little bit more damaged and grit that she could feel like she could save or feel like they've overcome something so like they could really be there for her. Like, I agree with him. I just don't know how much she actually likes these guys. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I just get this sense that she's like, like, this is good, but... Uh... I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I don't I mean, know. I, I had this vibe. This vibe is less so than like, like I never really thought Rachel Lindsay liked any of them and that she was just like, I'm getting married and I'm doing this, right? And and the guy that she picked, Brian, I think is just yeah. like a wet blanket, right? Because, you know, she really liked Peter. She yeah. She really liked Peter. Brian was just like the yes man. And now she was like, all right, I'm going to boss around the yes man for the rest of my life. I can't believe that they're still together. Becca, I didn't buy that she really liked any of them either. Um, and JoJo to some degree too, it was just that like, 
Robbie was such a jerk. I so disagree. She was so obviously into Jordan from day one. The fact that Robbie even made it as her top two is like a joke. But by the way, thanks for bringing her up. How was there no like, okay, JoJo's leaving, Chris Harrison's coming back. Like she just wasn't there anymore. Like where's the respect for JoJo? That was weird. That was weird. Especially for somebody who in Bachelor Nation is as beloved as she is. Like, and she freaking quarantined and everything to come out there. Like give her some respect. Yeah, I, that, that, was, that was strange. I just, I, I thought it was really evident in Becca's season and in Rachel Lindsay's season that she, they didn't really like the guys that much. Um, but I get a small sense of this too, that it's, that it's like the project behind it as opposed to true love. I, but I think that there are people like that, that's, that's just what they're attracted to. I don't think it means it's not true love. Like, I think that's just a type. I don't know. Random thought just about back to Jojo for one second. Like, do you think when she walked in the door, everyone's just like, jaws dropped to the floor and they were no, like wait now there are two really hot girls here no because i think they knew who she was right like doesn't matter she is like the most beautiful human being yeah but but they knew she's off limits right you know like, but still you've been in quarantine and then you're like in a resort with one woman yeah i i don't know it's i i just i just thought that like, just she's so she's so public that it's you can't even have that thought right I mean, well, guys can always have that. <laughs> That's thought, what I was going to say. Guys it, can always, and they didn't know she was coming. No, but it's that thought is so minuscule because they just know who she is and that and that's it. All right. So we both think Zach C is the is the the winner. Yeah. Interesting. All right, Lizzie, this was great. Always yes, great. So fun as always. We may have to recap the uh the finale when we get an answer. And um always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. We're going to do it again soon. Of course. All right, bye. Bye. Thanks again to recurring guests, special recurring guests, Aliza, Lizzie Verstendig, talking about this uh, season of The Bachelorette. No stone left unturned indeed. That's episode 96 for the love of the game. Take us out. DJ Khaled featuring Justin Bieber, Quavo, and Chance the Rapper. We the best. So above the so law. Above the law. I'll be your excuse. Damn right. Uh, and you go wrong, no. You stick out of the crowd, baby. It's a no-brainer. It ain't the hard and shoes. Him and me be for real, baby. It's a no-brainer. You got your mind on loose. Go hard and watch the sun rise. One night it change your whole life. Fall top, drop top, baby. It's a Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.